Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Guys, Thanksgiving is coming up. Who's excited? I know I've got my hand raised. I love Thanksgiving. I love the food. I love being with family. And Thanksgiving is one of those days that holds a really special place in my heart. Uh, You may have heard in past episodes about our story with Thanksgiving. Um... As you know, we have twin girls. They just celebrated their 11th birthday a a few weeks ago. And um, Thanksgiving is the day that we brought Bella home from the hospital. So my girls were six weeks premature. Charlie came home the Monday of Thanksgiving week, and Bella came home on Thanksgiving Day. She had a little bit more of an eventful stay. Uh, Her heart stopped beating at one point. She got sick. They thought it was RSV, it was just a cold, but because she was so premature, she couldn't fight it. And um, yeah, it was a really scary, scary time. But we got the call to say that we could pick her up on Thanksgiving. And the hospital was about an hour away. So we drove there and we got there and the nurse was like, I am so sorry, but nobody wrote the discharge note on her and we've got to find a doctor to do that. And it's Thanksgiving. So you can imagine that, you know, an eventful six-week stay is not a quick note to write. So till we found a doctor, till they wrote the note, I guess we were there for, I don't know, four or five, six hours, along with Charlie, who's, you know, basically six weeks old, and Ben, who is not even two, and we are crammed in this little tiny room, and we're yelling, don't touch anything. And, you know, I just remember Jake and Parker complaining they were so hungry. And, um, yeah, it was a fun time. But it was the day that we all were together. And we ate Thanksgiving dinner out of a to-go box probably around 9 o'clock at night. And it's still one of my favorite Thanksgiving meals. So, again, it doesn't matter what you're eating. It just matters who you're with. And, you know, to me, that's what Thanksgiving is about. So today's episode is going to be a little different than your typical Thanksgiving nutrition advice. I actually titled this podcast, Six Unconventional Weight Loss Strategies for Your Thanksgiving Meal, because these are a little out there. There may be one or two where you're like, all right, I've kind of heard that before. But some of these strategies that I'm going to talk about today are a little off the wall, And that's a good thing because sometimes we need different, right? We're used to seeing the same tips over and over that we don't even listen to them, think about them because they're just standard. I want to shake things up a little. The thing with nutrition is it's a very personal experience. So what works for one may not work for another, and that is okay. It's okay. We don't have to do what everybody else is doing. We just have to do what works for us. 
And I know that the holiday season can be really challenging for people if they're trying to lose weight or they're trying to eat healthier and all the holidays and all the meals and all the get-togethers are just challenging. It's just more opportunities to have to make hard choices and hard decisions and and people don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to have to sit there and eat green beans and turkey and that's it while everybody else is eating my favorite foods like the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes. I, I, I just... Why would anybody look forward to that? I remember one time, I think I shared this story before, I had a guy who came in uh, after Thanksgiving and he said, you know, you're going to be so proud of me. All I ate was the turkey and green beans. And if you know me or if you've ever met with me in my office, you know I don't have a poker face. And I guess I had this look of disgust on my face. He's like, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? What happened? I'm just like, you didn't do anything wrong. I said, it just... Sounds kind of boring. You know, were you happy with your meal? He's like, no, no, I hated it. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to eat everything that was offered, but I thought this would make you happy. And I was like, yeah, it's not about making me happy. It's about, you know, creating a lifestyle that you can sustain. And so for me, I want to include foods on my plate that I enjoy. I think that's really important. Um, I also think listening to my body is really important and, you know, honoring it versus, you know, thinking that I'll never get these foods again. So I might as well eat everything now. So we definitely have some work to do when it comes to nutrition. So again, these are six unconventional weight loss strategies and take them for what they are. See if any of them would be helpful to you. And if so, great. And if not, that's great too. All right, so let's just jump right in. All right, the first one is eat dessert before your meal. So I cannot take credit for this. I was actually talking to uh, somebody that I work with, and she is the one that gave me this idea after speaking to a friend. She said that when she does Thanksgiving with her family, and it's a really large family, uh, there's such a long line to get to the food. So what her and her husband do is they go to the dessert table first. Because let's face it, if you're one of the last people to eat and everybody jumps right into dessert afterwards, you're getting like the leftovers that nobody wants. So they just decided we're going to hit up the dessert table first and make sure we get what we really want, not just what is left over. And their strategy is to choose one or two options to try. They might split them. I don't know all the details. I don't know the people. But um, they eat their dessert first and they keep their portion small because they know that they're really looking forward to the dinner. Uh, so they, they eat a little portion of dessert first. They get what they really want. And they keep their portion small because they don't want it to interfere with the meal and feeling too full to get to the meal. And then by the time they actually get to the meal, they find that their portions are a little smaller because they're a little full from eating dessert. And so they found that by eating their dessert first and their meal second, they actually have better portion control than when they load everything up on their dinner plate first and then stuff in the dessert afterwards because, you know, they really want dessert after their meal. And I thought, huh, 
I've never, ever heard of that before, but it makes perfect sense. It makes sense for them. They are enjoying their meal. They're not telling themselves they can't have anything. Um, And it actually becomes this own internal measure of portion control, one that is happening naturally and organically versus one that, you know, needs a whole bunch of self-control and willpower and telling themselves they can't have, you know, a bigger portion. Like it just naturally happens, which that's the best kind, right? When you don't have to use your energy and willpower to make a decision, you just naturally make that decision on your own. So I don't know if this tip is going to work for you, but hey, I'll try anything once and potentially this might be the year for you to try that too. If you don't want to try it on Thanksgiving, try it at another meal or try it at another party or a social gathering or a get together. Why not try it and see what works? I think we we judge ourselves too quickly. Oh, that would never work. Or um, yeah, I couldn't do that. People would think I'm, people would talk about me. Okay, well, they could. But I think instead a better approach is to get really curious and see what actually happens versus just, you know, putting it to the side and saying it would never work. I think we need to try some things and be open to new strategies. You might surprise yourself. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is bring your own plate to the meal. Bring your own plate. I told you these are unconventional strategies. They're not things that you're going to see anywhere else. And if you're going to go bring your own plate, specifically, I want you to go out and buy a blue plate and bring it with you to your meal. Again, odd to tell your host, hey, um, I'm going to eat off of this plate instead, but who cares? They'll look at you strange for like 30 seconds, and then they'll be so distracted with getting everything on the table on time that they won't even make it another thought. So research from Cornell University shows that people who serve themselves, or I'm sorry, people serve themselves more food when the color of their food matches their plate. When you eat off of a plate that's the opposite color of your food, you tend to eat less. So let's think about this for a second, because I know when we go to my parents' house, they had, I don't know, we called them their fancy plates, the ones that we only got to eat off of at holidays. They were kind of this rustic, brownish color. Um, I don't know, they're kind of like a color between like a mustard yellow and a brown. So whatever that tannish version is. I know my mom's listening. She'll, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, we would eat off of those plates at Thanksgiving. And then you think about what colors are on your Thanksgiving plate. There's lots of brown. There was white. There was this orangish color, tannish color from the sweet potatoes. Uh, The stuffing was a light tan color. Corn is yellow. We would usually have something green. That would be the only color that would be different. But most of our plate actually matched the food we were eating. And we do that. We buy Thanksgiving plates. So it's festive and color coordinated. But we now know that you eat more when your food matches the color of your plate. 
So if you want to just naturally eat less, eat off a plate that's the opposite color. So I can't think of a lot of blue foods that are offered at Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe some like deep purples, I guess, if you were going to do beets or berries or grapes or something. But typically no blue foods. So I think you're safe with going out and buying a blue plate. Just go to the dollar store, get them there and bringing your plate with you to your Thanksgiving meal. Now, it's also important to note that the opposite true. The opposite is true. If you're trying to eat more green vegetables, then eat off of a green plate. Because again, you will eat more off of a plate that's the same color as your food. So if you will eat less off of a blue plate at Thanksgiving, you will eat more off of a green plate if you're trying to choose more green foods. So I think the percentage is up to 30% more. So maybe this is even a strategy for your kids when you're trying to get your kids to eat more vegetables, specifically green vegetables. Maybe you go out and get them a fun new green plate and then you put them on the plate and see if that makes a difference. So strategy number two is to buy a blue plate and bring it with you to the meal. Strategy number three, I need you to eat beforehand. Okay, I need you to eat beforehand. This is one of the biggest mistakes that I see, saving up calories for the meal. So your stomach is the size of your fist. It doesn't matter if it's three hours since your previous meal or eight hours since your previous meal, your stomach is still the size of your fist. What changes is the intensity and the drive behind your hunger. As your blood sugar continues to drop, your desire to eat intensifies. And so it feels like you can eat more because you're responding to a falling blood sugar. There's not actually more space. Your stomach doesn't grow if it's been eight hours, just the intensity behind the hunger grows. And so when you skip meals, that intensity, that urgency, that feeling of lack of control around food is going to be heightened. And most people want to feel in control of their choices. They want to be able to, to just naturally, intrinsically, intuitively eat the right portion size. So if that's the case, if that's what you want to do, then we want to make sure that we're eating all along so that way, those intense feelings aren't there, which may cause us to overeat. Does that make sense? All right. So if you're eating your Thanksgiving meal at noon, I want you to eat breakfast like you normally would. Depending on what time you're eating breakfast, if it's early enough, you may even want to have a morning snack. If your meal is at dinner time, so say it's around 6 o'clock, I want you eating breakfast, I want you eating lunch, and I want you eating an afternoon snack too. Again, the, your stomach doesn't change, the intensity behind it changes. And that's why most people feel so terrible because they have this intense urge to eat because they've saved up their calories all day by fasting. Then they get to the meal and they just, you know, 
shovel food in as fast as possible because their blood sugar is so low, they're starving. But because their stomach actually isn't any bigger in that moment, they tend to overeat and that's where they feel sick, they feel stuffed, and pretty much don't get up off the couch afterwards until things settle down a little bit. So, you know, eat beforehand. I know you're excited about your meal. I'm excited about it too, but it actually backfires on you when you try to save up than if you would be eating normally throughout the day. You still can enjoy foods. Just because you're not eating the larger portion of it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it any less. You're actually going to feel good and that's going to be your internal motivation to, to make good choices. All right, so make sure you're eating beforehand. Do not save up by fasting before your meal. That's strategy number three. Strategy number four is figure out what foods you can eat earlier that week. So this is a tip that I've given before, definitely the year prior, maybe even the year before that. And so this is a strategy I've come across that helps me uh, because I like a lot of foods. I like all the foods offered at Thanksgiving. Uh, Usually my mom, if we go to my parents, she'll do like the turkey, the sweet potatoes, the stuffing. Um, She will do corn. Sometimes she'll do lima beans. Sometimes she'll do like a broccoli salad because my brother really likes that. Uh, There'll be dinner rolls. There'll be cranberry sauce. Like I'm good with it all. Salad. She'll usually have a salad. I like all those foods. We know for a fact that the more foods offered the more you will eat. This is why people tend to overeat at parties and social gatherings and holidays and buffets because the more foods offered, the more you will eat to the point of overeating. This is why most people don't necessarily tend to want to overeat at dinner on a Tuesday night in their home. You might only prepare three foods. You might prepare chicken and broccoli and potatoes. But because there's only three foods offered, you're able to take a reasonable portion. When there's 13 options available and you want to try all of them and you're taking portions as if you're eating three foods and you're piling them high on your plate, yes, this is where you're going to overeat. So one of the strategies that I like to do is figure out what are some of those foods that are just mediocre. Like I like them, don't get me wrong, but they don't scream Thanksgiving to me. So a great example of this is corn. I love corn. I love eating corn on the cob over the summer. It's probably something we have several times a week. I like corn, um, but I like other things more. I like sweet potatoes and I like stuffing more. So I've just made it a habit now to make corn on Wednesday night, the week of Thanksgiving. So that way, when I go into the meal on Thursday and I see corn there, yes, I like corn, but you know what? I just had it last night. I don't need it again. And then that gives me an opportunity to put something on the plate that I'm really looking forward to in a different portion. Whereas if I have corn on my plate as well, then things start to get overcrowded and I start to get fuller faster Um, and may not have gotten to my favorites yet and then tend to overeat because I still want my favorites. So I want you to think about what is on the menu that is just mediocre for you. You like it. You would most likely choose it any other day, but 
can we make it be on a different night so that way um, you don't have quite as many options available on Thanksgiving Day? I hope I'm explaining this, that it makes sense. Uh, So that's strategy number four. Strategy number five, I need you to dress up a little bit. All right. We've all watched the Friends episode where Joey wears Phoebe's maternity pants to Thanksgiving. We are not doing that. All right. I want you to dress up a little bit. Yoga pants, I know they are comfortable. I like them. But yoga pants make it a little bit more challenging to hone in on our fullness cues. Whereas jeans or dress pants or something with a waist might make it a little bit easier to figure out when you're getting full. So this isn't quite a unconventional tip. You've probably seen this somewhere else. But, you know, it's one of those things that we just have to give you a friendly reminder. Make sure that you're wearing something that comes up to your waist that's not elastic that will help you figure out when you're getting full so you can, again, honor your cues. I know a lot of people, you know, going into Thanksgiving, they're like, but I just love all the food so much. I love eating. I love preparing the food. And that's great. So my question is, you know, but what else is true? Like that, that's part, that is true. But what else is true? You know, another true statement is I like feeling comfortable after a meal. You can like eating food and like feeling comfortable mutually. It's not one or the other. And so you can like eating a variety of foods and you can also honor your fullness cues and feel good about yourself. It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I can't s- stress this enough because I think we've just, I don't know if that, that's been passed on by family or culturally or diet culture. You know, you're either doing it perfectly or you're not. You're either eating all the food on Thanksgiving and stuffing yourself silly or you're eating turkey and green beans. Like, no, guys, I promise you there is a big, huge gray area between those two extremes. So wearing something that allows you to, to um, hone in on those fullness cues is going to help you satisfy the enjoyment of the food piece and the honoring your body and feeling good after you eat piece. All right. And then the sixth tip, the last tip, is instead of focusing on what you eat and how much, I want you to focus on how you eat. So again, this is where that mindfulness piece comes in. I want you to make sure that you're sitting down. Most people at Thanksgiving will be sitting. You don't really see people standing up. But potentially, if you're doing hors d'oeuvres or appetizers, uh, people could be standing and socializing while they're grazing on food. I just want you to sit down. When you're eating dessert, rather than standing up talking to somebody, I want you to sit down at a table. I want you to slow down. I want you to actually put your fork down in between bites. Pay attention to how other people are eating. Watch to see um, what they're doing to see if that's something you want to do as well or do the opposite. Actually look around, talk to somebody, have a conversation, right? Slow down your pace so you can honor your body's cues, right? Savor your food. A lot of us are shoveling 
it's it's so good. I just I want to get it in faster. And again, I remind you, your taste buds are in your mouth. They're not in your stomach. If you like the taste so much, let the food spend more time next to your taste buds than in your stomach. But a lot of us are like, no, I just, I like this so much. I just want to eat it so fast. And you're basically moving it over your taste buds and dumping it right into your stomach. And then your brain's like, wait, we didn't get the full experience. I want to do over. So think about actually savoring. Try to pick up on what ingredients are in the food you're eating. Did they use a special spice? Did they season it with salt and pepper? You know, see if you can name all the ingredients in whatever food you're eating. That's a fun activity. There's there's bonus strategy number seven. <laughs> see if you can pick up on what ingredients are in the food you're eating. That means you're actually letting the food spend more time in your mouth than in your stomach. That's what we call savoring. And that's something I want you to focus on. You know, I want you to eat without distractions. Most people will eat Thanksgiving meal with their their family members, you know, not in front of a TV or in front of a phone or computer. But, you know, it goes without saying. I still need to remind you of that. Um, If you're eating leftovers, same thing. Eat at a table without distractions as much as possible. Right? All foods are allowed. All right. All foods are allowed. I am not here to tell you that you can't eat pecan pie because it's high calorie or you can't have gravy on your turkey. That's ridiculous. All foods are allowed. You are a intelligent person that is allowed to eat whatever foods you want on your plate. All I want you to do is just maybe eat them in a little bit of a different way. I just want you to slow down and enjoy them, right? How's that for unconventional? Instead of telling you to eat turkey and green beans, I'm telling you to eat all your food. But if you're going to pick all different foods for your plate, I want you to actually taste them and not shovel them in. And I don't want you to feel guilty about picking certain foods because guilt doesn't do anything. Guilt, shame, blame, all that doesn't do anything positive. So own your decisions, Be proud of the decisions you put on your plate. Don't try to hide it or make excuses for it. Own it. If you have to take ownership for your choices, you know, it may or may not make you have different choices. You might put different things on your plate if you have to own it and be proud of it. You might put things in different portions. But no more of this shaming yourself for wanting to have gravy on your stuffing or wanting to have mashed potatoes. Like, can we just not do that anymore? That's not helpful. It's not helpful. It's not kind. And it just sets you up for overeating and restricting later, which we all know doesn't work. All right. So those are your six. No, I lie. Those are your seven unconventional strategies for Thanksgiving. And um, let me give you your your recipe for the week. So we are going to do a balsamic oven roasted carrot recipe today. I thought this would be a really nice option if you're looking for a side dish for your Thanksgiving meal. If you want to add more color so you can have that contrast between your orange carrots and your your blue plate. Uh, For this recipe, you're going to need two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar, 
one tablespoon of pure maple syrup, two tablespoons of olive oil. We're actually gonna divide that. So we're gonna use one tablespoon at one point and one tablespoon for another. You're gonna need a pound of carrots, uh, preferably if you can get the multicolored ones, that would be great just for um, aesthetics. Uh, you wanna chop them into two inch pieces. You need a quarter teaspoon of salt and two tablespoons of chopped toasted hazelnuts. Those are optional. Uh, if you don't like hazelnuts, you could do maybe pecans or walnuts, or if you don't like nuts with your carrots, just omit them completely. Go ahead and preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Next, you're gonna whisk the vinegar, the syrup, and one tablespoon of the olive oil in a bowl, and then set that aside. Next, you're gonna combine your carrots, salt, and the remaining tablespoon of olive oil, and toss to coat, and then spread them on a rimmed baking sheet. You're gonna roast the carrots until tender, but not completely cooked. So you're just gonna slightly undercook them. So I guess put them in the oven for about 16 to 18 minutes, and then pull them out and drizzle the balsamic mixture over the carrots, toss them um, with a spatula just to make sure they're all coated, and then stick it back into your oven for an additional five minutes more. And then you're gonna remove it from the oven and sprinkle with the hazelnuts if you're using and serve immediately. And that's it, that's your recipe for the week. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm so excited to um, hear your stories of what worked, if you tried any of these strategies. Of course, if you did, please reach out to me, let me know, I love to hear your stories. And as always, if you're looking for any nutrition, education, or guidance, or support, or more strategies, you can always visit us at Body Metrics uh, and meet with us either in person or if you're not close by, virtually. We have both options available. And remember, we do take health insurance under our plan. So we are here to help and we can do it with minimal out-of-pocket cost to you. So anyway, guys, thanks again for listening and I'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.